Welcome to The In-Between, a place where we bridge the African and African diaspora experience through our weirdly similar life experiences. We've all sort of lived the same lives, so join me as we laugh and learn through our stories. Hey friend, welcome back. Welcome to another episode. Um, It's been like three weeks, like basically a month since I've last been here with you. It has been an interesting journey. Trying to figure out the whole podcast thing, figure out the whole in-between thing. Guys, this is what overthinking does, okay? Overthinking and fear, you know, they cause some problems. And saying that, saying it this way is an extreme understatement. Because as much as I love sharing stories and experiences with you guys, it causes me a lot of anxiety because I'm constantly comparing myself, constantly thinking, oh, my podcast doesn't sound like this person's podcast. Oh, how am I going to start? Oh, what? This, then the third. And it's like, sweetie, record, press record, open your mouth and start talking. Okay. So I'm back. She back. Um, (laughs) there've also been some technical difficulties. Let me not say technical difficulties, but timing difficulties. Um, One of the wonderful people I wanted to have a conversation with on the podcast, which we eventually will, by the special grace of God, we will, and that's on period. Um, There's a time difference because she's not in America at the moment. So we're, you know, learning things. But anyway, how have you been? How have you been over the past three weeks? I hope you've been able to get some rest. I hope you're getting ready for hot girl summer. If you live in a region at this point, though, because of like globalization, let me never say if you live in a region that's that um has summer because of globalization everywhere, everyone calls summer, summer, like even <laughs> even people who have never left their neighborhood, they know when summertime is because of globalization. So I hope you're getting ready for your hot girl, city girl, icy girl summer all in one. I'm gonna be inside like I am every summer. Um, and every day, uh, unless I'm going to work, I stay at home. The streets are my bed. How about that? But other than that, I hope you're good. Hope all is well with you. I trust all is well with you. So let's go through what has been going on in the world. There are a lot, a lot of hot topics. In the time since we last caught up or last connected, um, we found out about Bill Gates and Melinda Gates getting divorced. Okay. This is me pretending to care. Like it's, uh, 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 I'm sorry that it happened. I'm so sorry, guys. All the best to you guys. You're both going to be extremely rich. And I'm still looking at y'all sideways, especially Melinda, when she said what she said this time last year about there being dead bodies flooding the streets of Africa. So I'm just like, whatever. All the best to you guys. Um, since then, you know, people have been in the DMs jokingly, but I feel like some people are like, this is my chance. Bill Gates, hmm, not really my spec. Like he's not my spec to be quite honest. He's not my spec. Um, just not my thing, which (laughs) I was just thinking recently, like how good of a sugar baby would I be? Because (laughs) I'm too superficial to be a sugar baby. I don't know if that makes sense. And I just don't have the patience. I'm not going to pick up the phone if I don't want to see you. I'm not going to talk to you if I don't have to. I'm not going to talk to you if I don't want to. I'm not going to touch you or allow you to touch me or breathe near me if you're not what I'm looking for. So yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be the best sugar baby. So thank God I have 
another line of work, okay, that's um, less stressful. Anyway, Sha, moving over to our beloved continent, a lot has been going on. Um, I've read uh, that there has been a volcano eruption in eastern Congo, eastern Democratic Republic of Congo, western Rwanda. A lot is going on, so please, 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 let's keep our prayers up for Congo, DRC, for Rwanda, and just Africa in general. Always keep the prayers up for the for the continent. Um, I'm keeping my eye out on Twitter, keeping my eye out on social media to see ways that we can support because obviously a lot of people are being displaced. Um, speaking of displacement, a lot has been going on in Gaza, specifically the Gaza region. If you have not done research, it's like, um, how do I explain this? You're going to have to dig deep to do research because a lot of the headlines are saying um, turmoil, feuds, etc. with what's going on in Gaza, but we're seeing footage of airstrikes, etc. So that's a lot more than a feud, okay? That's a lot more than a squabble according to the... Let me pull it up so I can get this right. According to the UN, 91,000 people in Gaza were internally displaced as a result of the bombings by Israel. Around 66,000 sought refugee at dozens of UN flag schools across Gaza, where at least one baby was born, while the remainder stayed with host families. So um, we can't really deny the numbers. You cannot deny the numbers if you want to deny them. Let me not say we, because I'm not denying the numbers. A lot, a lot is going on. Um... We need to follow the story. We need to follow what's going on there. We need to follow um, and do a lot of research on the history and how what is taking place in a place a place like Gaza is painfully relatable. Um, anyway, just do your research. We're not going to get back and forth on that. I mean, we can't go back and forth. It's not like you can respond to the podcast, you know. So, yeah, there's that. So let's um, keep our eye out and, again, keep our prayers up. Um, a lot is going on. Ooh, a lot is going on. Um, in lighter news, is this lighter news or does this just segue us into the topic? Some guy, I'm going to have to call him some guy, even though, to be fair, Bill Gates is some guy, too. Um, he goes by the name of Reno Amokria, my dear, I don't even know. He's a social media person. He's the kind of person that if you retweet, if you retweet his post, I'm going to be looking at you some type of way. And if I feel like maybe I repost one of his posts because he said like one sensible thing in the past, like 15 years. But like, if I frequently scroll through your, your, your Twitter, or I see your Instagram story and I see this guy in it frequently, then I know that something, it's not adding up. That was my attempt at speaking here, but how'd I do? Okay, on a serious note, though, um, he tweeted some crap recently about, um, okay, crap is a strong word, some crap about um, single mothers. I really want to pull it up, but essentially, he said unless the woman was raped or if she was widowed, um, the the idea of being a baby mama is what's deteriorating African society and not he didn't just say African society I think he said black the black community globally and again it's another case of men or a man let me not say men a man speaking why why are you speaking no on a serious note though it's it just 
what he said is what a lot of people think, to be honest. Um, people are very critical of quote unquote baby mamas. They, they don't even refer to them as single mothers. A lot of women find themselves staying in relationships, marriages and houses with the father of their children, especially in African cultures, because they're like, I'm not going to get support. People are going to judge me. People are going to condemn me. There's going to be no support. So I'm just going to stay here. Um, I would go as far there's there's a lot of hate hatred and maltreatment of single mothers um that's why a lot of times we hear women not even mentioning that they have kids unless they're married just because of how society um perceives them <sighs> come to find out he got problems of his own you weren't about baby mamas you got two wives you got wives in different continents that you didn't introduce to like they were not introduced to each other so was he anyway anyway it got me thinking which to be honest I'm always thinking about the same thing just because if you know me personally you know um I'm constantly doing research and, and really passionate about issues concerning black women all over the world um I it, it got me thinking about how pervasive misogyny is and if you have not listened to my the first episode of the podcast I'll explain to you what misogyny is long story short it's the hatred of women and it's not like just thinking I hate women I hate women it's like the actions surrounding it whether that's legally socially culturally culturally religiously whatever the case may be I constantly think about it in context of Nigerian culture and I'm gonna go as far as saying African culture we have very few currently matriarchal cultures in Africa very few we have very few um cultures that promote equality currently I'm not saying that's how it's always been but that's what it looked like right now so with that said I was just thinking about okay so background I grew up in an area that has a lot of Nigerians a lot of Africans a lot of Cameroonians a lot of Ethiopians a few Ghanaians um love Nigerians a lot of Cameroonians, like I just mentioned. So I was exposed to the norms of uh, misogyny. I grew up in a Nigerian household, a relatively quote-unquote religious um, environment. A lot of people around me were religious, you know, like carrying the Bible, you know, up and down. You went to take a shower, they'd be carrying the Bible. Okay, that's dramatic, but you know what I'm trying to say. Anyway, grew up in a very hyper-religious um environment and um and when I say grew up in when I say environment I mean like extended family etc just extremely religious and extremely traditional in ways that ooh, let me not say confuse me confuse me yes so I was exposed to it but when you are dropped in the culture like literally you get on a plane and you get there and you're dropped there it opens your eyes to things that it's just like hmm okay I seen some of it. I got a glimpse of it. I heard about it, but seeing it firsthand is a lot. I spent five years in Nigeria. If you do not know this, I don't think I've said it on the podcast. So now, you know, I lived there for five years. I was working in media and it's completely different from visiting because when you're visiting, you're, you're just getting a teaser. But when you're working there, you're living there, you're interacting with people there. You're, you're trying to find housing. You're trying to find a place there, etc. You get exposed to a lot. So let's talk about <laughs> first being there. Finding an apartment was extremely difficult. And my uncle, okay, two, here's the thing. My uncle 
didn't necessarily want to tell me that like, listen, babes, you want to live by yourself? It's going to be hard. Even in the most, because Lagos is the, um, I was living in Lagos. Initially, I was in Abuja, then I moved to Lagos. Lagos is the economic capital of Nigeria. And, you know, it's a hub, a bit of a melting pot. So there's a lot more exposure. But he didn't know how to tell me, girl, it's not like, it's not what you'd be thinking, girl. It's not what you th- it's not what you thought it was. So he was very much like, we need to find, we need to go together. Do not look for places without me, blah, blah, blah. Don't necessarily mention that um, you are going to be staying there by yourself majority of the time. Again, he didn't directly have to tell me you're you might not get an apartment if you try if if they find out or if they're aware that you want to live here by yourself. Um, so after we get the apartment, even artisans. So those are what what um. Cla- artisans are classified as um, people like carpenters, plumbers. Um, wall painters, people who, electricians, people who install, um, ACs, etc. The energy, the energy with which I will receive, like, okay, let me give you some examples. There was one AC guy who came, he was actually fixing the working, I'm, I'm using Nigerian English, sorry. (laughs) He was actually, um, where I worked, they were one of his clients, basically. So he would um, work on the AC, do the maintenance and stuff like that. So he comes to my place and I wanted to have an AC installed in my sister's room. But it's like, he's looking around, he's like, um, this place look kind of bare, like, um, almost like she lives here by herself. Of course you could tell I lived there by myself. So he goes into my sister's room. I didn't give much details. I didn't mention that was my sister's room. And he stands, looks around for a little bit. And he's like, um, okay, uh, I'll be back. Or he says something weird like that. So I call him a few days later. I'm like, hey, Mr. So-so-and-so, you know, what's tea? Like, are you ready to install? Mind you, I'm thinking this. I didn't get a chance to say it because he blocked me. I casually mention it to my friend because she was my friend my colleague, I casually mentioned it to her. I'm like, can I see your phone? I don't know what's going on. I call him. It rings. He picks up. Here's my voice and hangs up, blocks that number. So I mentioned to my friend like, oh, you know, what's up with this guy? Like this and the third. She's like, huh, babe, <clears throat> he probably saw this. And, you know, she started throwing speculations out there. I'm like, nah, girl, it's not because even though I kind of sense it, I'm like, no, Egg, there you go, overthinking again. But I guess I wasn't wasn't wrong because the guy is um uh I guess super traditional, whatever the case may be. Then almost I f- I feel like it was just everything at once. God like saying, you know, this is the reality of what's going on in your society. I would see tweets and posts of women talking about how to get service services done in their house they would just grab one of their rings from their jewelry pile and put it on as if it was a wedding ring so that you know people men would see it and one not disrespect them and two not potentially sexually harass them or harm them sometimes women would literally make up an imaginary husband like oh my husband this my husband that because they're like i just don't want boundaries to be crossed i don't want to be seen some type of way and i don't want to be harmed now even with that whole thing of the whole respect thing because 
Women who are married are seen as respected. It is this badge of honor in our culture. And I know, in all of our cultures, that's just what it is. All of African cultures, that's or a lot of African cultures, that's just what it is. Um, so the respect thing, oh my gosh, it, it's complex. Because even though they will res- quote-unquote respect a woman because she's married, they're still not going to give the respect that's due to her. Especially in cases of artisans, people you're doing business with, potential clients, etc. And I would say 99% of the time it's men artisans because most uh, artisan work is male dominated. A lot of contract work, etc. is male dominated. <sighs> some men feel some type of way about a woman being the one that's paying them. They'll feel some type of way about servicing a place or, you know, doing building things for the house or or doing this contract or whatever with a woman because they're like how can a woman be paying me i've heard it those exact words how can a woman be paying me um so even the respect thing it's like it's just eye service because it's not genuine respect i mean she got the ring on you still don't you still don't want to be told what to do talk less of a woman who doesn't have a ring or who isn't married it's deep rooted and um in passing, it is, in passing, it's like, whoa, that's really messed up. But then there are cases of it being extremely dangerous. There are a lot of cultural norms, which I personally believe that religion, um, and I'm not talking about relationship with God, I'm talking about religion itself. A lot of um, religions in a lot of our cultures, because human beings, of course, get into the mix and they are looking for what sells, they're going to capitalize on things. So if misogyny is already in the culture in one way or another, or in some way, they're going to capitalize on it, um, which is what we see. So I definitely think that religion has a lot to do with it because, I mean, come on, prayer vigils for your husband. I have never never in my five years of living in Nigeria, I never saw a vigil for men praying for wives. Never saw it. Workshops, events, wife, submit to your husband. Wife, this prayer and fasting is for, for, for women to, um, for, for women to keep their husbands at home. I've joined prayer, women's prayers and the prayer points are like, your husband will come back home. Never heard, never heard the same, um, never heard the same in, in context from men and their prayer points. Why? Because men are the commodity. They're seen as a commodity. So even if a man, he's hurt, the highest thing he'll do is get on Twitter and, um, insult women, which he probably was doing before, but he'll get on Twitter, say his insults and then quote unquote, find someone else. Now, (laughs) my dear it's it's just it's complicated it is extremely complicated so speaking about religion though i forgot to mention this at the beginning i got an anklet and uh, the anklet situation is uh how do i say this i was shocked to discover that almost every african culture modern african culture is against one way or another, finds um, anklets problematic, which makes no sense to me because a lot of the traditional wares that women wear for their weddings, wear for their ceremonies are, there's an anklet somewhere or another. So what makes it satanic? What makes it bad? What makes it 
problematic. I mean, um, the notion generally is that women who wear anklets are sex workers or whatever the case may be as if like, what's the problem with that? So anyway, I get the anklet and I was thinking back to a time I was watching a vlog of this lady. Her name is Shea Move. She's from Rwanda and she went to visit Dubai and she's like, oh, I'm so happy I can finally wear my anklet because she wasn't in Rwanda. I posted about my anklet because I'm like, this is a big accomplishment. Like, oh, she out here. We out here. And I'm like, I think I said, um, I'm finally, I can finally offend, um, African church people in peace. And multiple of my friends from different African countries were like, ha, babe, you got your anklet. Welcome to the team. All this stuff. <laughs> because they're like, yeah, this is, this is a table shaker. And it's so funny how even on the, on the, um, on the opposite end of that, because to me, what I'm about to tell you is honestly still misogyny. Because the anklet is seen or certain pieces of jewelry, jewelry are seen as um, objects that are for, that are sexualized. You find men who highly sexualize these pieces of jewelry. They see a woman who wears it and they think... Oh, she's sexually adventurous or whatever the case may be. And it's not even adventurous in, in a positive way. It's it's just weird. It's I'm pretty sure you know what I'm trying to say. It's it all boils down to the same thing. Sexualization for no reason. Um or sexualization with no benefit to the woman if that makes sense. I've definitely run into people, individuals of the male gender <laughs> who categorically are like, yeah, I, I, I like the anklets because it means this is this in the third. I'm like, okay, gotcha. Funny enough, I was talking to a mutual friend and, um, he, you know, I was catching up with him, you know, the normal tease, teasing like guy, how far, like where's a wifey, like what's tea. And he goes, oh, yeah, I've been talking to people. Oh, I've, I've been talking to this person, talking to that person. Um, one lady that I thought was going to be itch. I asked her to send me a picture. I look at her her ankle and she has an anklet and I immediately blocked her. So of course I made inquiries like guy, I don't get like what's why did you do that? And he's like, "You know, um this one I can argue from the Bible. I can challenge it anywhere blah blah blah." I'm like, "Okay, go for it. I'm listening." He's like, "Do you know that slaves wear anklets?" I was like, "Bro, I'm gonna call you back." I'm gonna call you back. Okay. <laughs> Because I literally was like, okay, you know, let me call you back. Something just came up. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just a lot. I was watching another vlog. Guys, I, I consume a lot of content, if that's not already clear, as a content creator. And just as a person who likes juice, um, I consume a lot of content. I was watching this Nigerian YouTuber. Her name is Ametetum. She was at the airport in Ghana. And she had her waist beads on. And the people who were checking her passport and stuff told her, one of the guys told her, like, in confidence, like, Ma, sis, babe, seal, that waist bead that you have, you better cover it before you leave here because men can actually attack you. Because, of course, I'm not, sh I'm not sure if you've heard this, but the whole thing of waist beads, um, are charms, well, we call them charms, are juju or witchcraft or whatever the case may be. And that a lot of women might get in your face because they think you're trying to seduce their men. I said, oh, okay. 
that's interesting to know. So how many pieces of jewelry do men wear? Uh, I mean, like, do you know what I mean? What do, what in our, what in our culture, jewelry wise, do men wear that make them, um, be viewed as sex workers? Nothing. It's like someone just comes up with this idea it benefits the masses because they're trying to send one message or another and then it just becomes the norm. I'm wearing my anklet in peace, y'all. And don't get me wrong, people do wear anklets and stuff in when I was in Lagos, people did. To be honest, when I was in Abuja, I didn't see anyone wear an anklet. Did not see anyone wear an anklet. Um, because it's quote unquote more conservative. <laughs> but if you know Abuja and how Abuja people get down, it's not. <laughs> Listen, conservative. It's it's again eye service, and the the problem with our with a lot of our cultures is eye service is the order of the day. These com these, these um mentalities, these notions are really just projection. And I'm not gonna um I'm not gonna remove women from this because just as much as we're not necessarily the creators of misogyny, a lot of women perpetuate it. I've had women give me dirty looks when I would wear shorts. Give my friends dirty looks when they would wear anklets when we're when I was in Nige and even sometimes here. Like certain family ga- gatherings they're giving looks because they're thinking, "Oh, this person is going to steal my husband." They uh, project. There's the whole thing of projection. Because I service is the order of the day. A lot of times we find that people who are so critical of certain behaviors, certain mentalities, they're doing the same thing. It's just that nobody knows about it. Or people know about it, but it's just not as publicized, right? When you're in a society that is extremely suppressed, when you are in a culture that is extremely suppressed, there's going to be a lot of projection and a whole lot of nonsense, which is what a lot of us are seeing on a regular basis. No one can tell me how a beautiful piece of jewelry that makes my leg look, I'd be walking past the mirror like, should be (laughs) associated with sex work. And then also the vilification of sex workers, which is a whole, whole nother thing whole nother thing now even speaking culturally as i mentioned earlier i have seen many many of the cultures in nigeria in ghana and so many other other countries togo where the traditional where there's some kind of anklet now let's talk about culture itself if you guys are not aware i may have mentioned this i'm from Ibom. well my dad is so i'm half from Ibom, half Igbo. and the stereotype or the notion or the commentary about women from where i'm from are they're extremely sexualized oh they're good housewives they're this whatever the case may be all this nonsense and it actually affect affected the way i navigated a lot of interactions when i was in nigeria um in workplaces, in random interactions, even one time at church, I got some comments. I'm just like, okay, let me tell you the comment. Well, he, did, he didn't complete the statement because I think he realized, oh, wait, I'm at church. But basically, he was like, oh, I bomb girls, blah, blah, blah. I hear it all the time. And it's like, huh? Now, going back to the workplace, I know I'm going all over the place. This is literally just how I talk. Just, just follow. I know you're following. Keep following. We're going somewhere. If we haven't gone somewhere already, um, in the, in the setting of work, converse questions by colleagues and even senior management about boyfriend. Oh, your boyfriend, this, your boyfriend, that, 
Um, I'm going to take you here. I'm going to give you a ride here. I'm going to do this. Touching in a way that they don't, they did not touch my male counterparts. And the funny thing is touching conversations, but also not taking our contributions seriously. Thinking they can cut corners in terms of payment, thinking that we deserved less, um, trivializing our efforts, super critical of how we dress and how we presented ourselves, whether we were too conservative, it was a problem. If we were not quote unquote conservative, it was a problem. And yes, the fact that we live in a collective society or most of Afri- most African cultures are collective applies to it, but it's just like, what? That was a huge shock for me. Now, to be fair, it's not that I had not experienced people who were coming out of pocket saying weird sexual things and things like that. But in the workplace, for it to be the norm, for people to be so comfortable, like we would be in a, like a group setting and some guy will come in and make one comment or another. And I'm just like, okay. Senior management asking for your number so you guys can talk later. And it basically, it's it's just, it just, it's just messed up. Long story short, it's messed up because now when a woman comes up, whether she came up by, um, sleeping with men or whatever the case may be, the whole notion of the stereotype is, oh, it's not like she, this is her genuine accomplishment. She slept with someone. It's like. Even if she did, you created the environment for that. Like, do you know what I mean? You created the environment for that. So again, going back to um, our contributions being trivialized. Very, very strange stuff. I've seen categorically a man will not respond to a woman because she's a woman. It happens very often where I'm from. When I go to my hometown, there... By hometown, I mean vill- I mean village, <laughs> but you know I'm Americanized now. Um, when I go to my village, it, it happens a lot. My hometown, a man will just not respond to a woman, and I'll talk to a woman because she's a woman. Family meetings, women are not supposed to be there. Only certain women are supposed to be there. <sighs> it's just a lot, and um, again, socially, it's problematic, but it does lead to dangerous situations. If you have not been on Twitter in the past two or three weeks, there was a woman who basically, not even basically, she was looking for a job. And Twitter is a great networking place. A lot of people have found opportunities on Twitter. Specifically, Twitter that's um, more, how do I say this? More, not minute, more concentrated based on your community, where you live, etc. So Twitter NG is a thing. She posts... She says, hey, I'm looking for a job. Someone responds and is like, okay, hey, um, come to this place for the interview. Long story short, he um, sexually assaulted her and he murdered her. And um, that's the norm. It happens more than, than people want to admit. And the painful thing is she did everything that people said was supposed to be done because of course the whole victim blaming another thing victim blaming is the norm we're constantly blaming the victim she did everything she was supposed to do and she was still harmed because culture makes room for it a lot of modern culture a lot of modern african culture makes room for it so those 
or let me not say those. These are my musings on what's going on. Um, if we think, because I know a lot of people are like, oh, things are getting better. Things might be getting better based on like how you view things. But like, if you know what we deserve, <laughs> then things are really not making that much progress. The amazing thing is when I hear and amazing by amazing, you know what I mean? I don't mean actually amazing. We, we like to blame, we like to say that it's only the older generation that has these ideas. Again, that friend that, or a friend of a friend that I spoke to, he's a few years younger than me. He has that mentality. It's like, how do you expect it to stop in that generation? You think parents are not going to teach their children misogyny? Okay, on any given day, go on Twitter NG, go on Twitter Ghana, go on any, go on any of your um, concentrated Twitter um, communities, or go on Instagram. And tell me you're not going to see something that'll make you say, wow, so you hate women. So there's a lot going on, a lot. And I like bringing this out because I feel like it's the beginning of a conversation. And also it's a way for us to see what we have in common more than we think. It's painful that these are the things we're discussing about having in common, but it is what it is. And also, um... I'm going to keep talking about it because we also have um, ideas or notions about how things are on the continent. We tend to idealize things. And like I said, my experience, those first few months when I, you know, was idealizing, were slapping in the face. Um, so... I'm always going to tell you, I mean, I'm, this is not, this is not the podcast or the place where we're going to bash our individual countries or bash the continent, but we've got a lot of work to do and it's not going to be, um, (laughs) it's not going to work because we can't teach these younger ones the nonsense if we want things to change. Um, I think a lot of it comes with reclaiming who we are. And I'm talking about women reclaiming, reclaiming it. Um, We are taught to live our lives from men. That is just what we're taught in almost every African culture. What we wear, what we study, how long we go to school, what job we do, what car we drive. I'm sure many of you have heard this, but a lot of times parents will advise their daughters, don't get this kind of car because you don't want to intimidate a man. Don't mention that you got this degree, even though I forced you to get this degree. (laughs) So you will intimidate a man. We're constantly taught to live our lives for men. I lived a lot of my life for men. That's what I saw. That's what, you know, that's just what it was. And so reclaiming our identity, like, you know what? I'm living, I'm living for God. I'm living for myself. I'm living, you know based on my standards, based on my rules, and things are going to change, hopefully. You know, I mentioned before that I'm extremely idealistic, so I like to believe that that things are going to improve. But we do have a lot of work to do. And I would like to keep this conversation going. Thank you guys for joining me today. I will see you in the the next few days. This is something we can take hours to unpack, to be honest, because now I'm even thinking about we talked about business a little bit, but even down to like business, certain business products being taken seriously because they're made by a man or whatever, but it's just a lot. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to this conversation. We definitely are going to have to do a part two with this and I'm not going to be doing this part two alone because there's just so much to unpack.
Thank you guys for listening and I'm going to see you in the next few days, next few weeks. Hopefully I won't be gone this long. No, I'm not going to be gone this long. I'm going to be consistent because consistency is key. And um, I hope you have an amazing week and I hope your week has been amazing so far. Bye friend. Hey friend. Thanks for listening to this very long story that I'm pretty sure you can relate to. Please follow us on all social media outlets at underscore the in-between podcast. See you next time.